Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. But I got to be really honest with you. All right. So we're just going to we're going to dive right into today's episode because it's one that I'm actually pretty nervous to record. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm pretty nervous because a lot of times when I record these, I have pretty solid understanding of like what I want to share. <laughs> like I know the purpose. I know the content. Like I can stand behind it. This one is something I I, I believe in and I still can stand behind it. But it's one of those it's a little bit different and it's one that I've really, it's been just over the last couple of months that I've really started to have this mindset shift specific to coping strategies and what they mean, especially for ourselves as well as the students that we work with. And so I have this like back and forth, like conversation with myself of, do I, am I ready to record this? Like, am I ready to actually put this out into the podcast world, into, you know, podcast land? And originally I was like, oh, no, not yet. I'm not yet ready. And then I said, well, that's silly because what would I tell somebody else? Like, what would I tell one of the educators that I coach? Would I tell them to wait? Heck not. Heck no. I would not tell them to wait. I would, I would have them like have notes and like get prepared, but I would say, get it out there, right? There's always things that we can change and we can add and we can grow, but we can't do that if we don't have a starting point. And if I don't start, Am I living into my own authenticity? And the answer was no. So even though it's nerve wracking, even though I'm like, this episode might be a little disheveled, <laughs> I'm hoping not, but it might be. We're just going to put that out there. Um, I, I did feel called on my heart to share this because I do think it's such an important topic that we've got to start talking more about, especially with the increase in focus in our schools on social emotional learning and mental health. I think. And I'm just going to say, I think we're missing the boat when it comes to coping strategies. Now, what is really important for you to know before you continue listening to this is this is not an all conversation. This is not to say everywhere with every kid, with everyone, it's being done wrong. That is not it at all. My thought, my thinking in this is I think there are times when we expect the coping strategy to be the answer and it's not. And I speak from my own, my own um, experience, like even more recently, but especially when I was teaching, you know, 17 years ago in the classroom, I was a kindergarten through second grade self-contained special education teacher. I thought that I thought if I could just find the right coping strategy, the student would return to baseline. We could get back into my lesson and everything would be great. Well, my, my hope for you today is that I can show you why that process, that timeline isn't what's best for our students. I believe that 100% because I also believe it's not what it's not what is best. My goodness, I'm already getting twisted in my words. It's not what's best for us, right? When we think about using coping strategies as an adult. So, I believe that coping strategies at times can distract us from actually identifying what's the problem. 
what is actually going on with ourselves or our students when we focus on finding the quote unquote right coping strategy or we find on practicing the coping strategy enough times. I think we distract from the actual problem that's going on. Um, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to leave it at that for right now. Um, I think we hit at the surface level instead of getting to the root of the problem, right? So we think about, oftentimes when it comes to behavior, we hear of the iceberg, right? We use the iceberg image. I know I use it in my trainings. So if you think about, we have the surface level of the water, we have the iceberg that we can see, and then we have un everything underneath the water. I think when we solely focus on our, our kind of, I'm going to call them entry level coping strategies, we're focusing at the surface. We're not getting to the root of the problem, which means that same problem um, will keep surfacing because we haven't learned a different solution um, for it. It's going to keep it's going to keep uh, showing up. I think also sometimes with coping strategies, we aim at a quick return to baseline or maybe you call it the green zone. Maybe you call it happy. Right. Whatever it is, you call it. We look for that quick return to baseline so that we can reintegrate into learning. And oftentimes it's at somebody else's timeline, right? It's at, I know for me, when I was a teacher, it was my timeline. Well, I got to get you back into my lesson so that I can do X, Y, and Z. And then that teacher has that, at, you know, they might even have a, an added, like I've got to get you back in because there's a pacing guide that I'm being given by my director. The director has a, has a timeline they're giving being given by the assistant superintendent and then the superintendent, right? There's all these timelines. There's all these pathways in the education field. That's why I'm saying that none of this is right versus wrong. This is simply an episode I want you just to listen to and to kind of, what do you feel? Like what, what? What does it spark in you? What questions do you have? What conversation can we have following this? Um, but I do think that sometimes it is about um, returning to somebody else's timeline versus the actual student's timeline in the in the school. Um, the current book I'm reading, which is The Mountain Is You by Brianna, I think it's West, Weist, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. But one of the quotes that stood out to me is, the breakdown is often the tipping point for the breakthrough. And I, I believe this with my whole heart. <laughs> um, but I think sometimes, especially when it comes to student behavior, right, which can look like a breakdown, right, it can look like that breakdown. I don't know that we always see it as the tipping point for the breakthrough. That without that, without that crisis, without that conflict, without that contrast, we may not know the direction we're headed. But with it, it is that tipping point for the breakthrough to determine what is underneath the surface. Like, where is it coming from? Brian Mendler always says, right, the behavior is not the problem. It's the solution to the problem. Again, wholeheartedly believe that. But if we don't take the time to understand the solution or, or what they're solving, right, the problem that's being solved, a coping strategy is only going to mask it. It's only going to reach it at surface level. And that's why I believe we see repeat, quote unquote, right, offenders, if you will. Not the, not the best word. But we see these repetitive behaviors that we can't seem to get in, un, under control of because we aren't going beneath the surface. So, you know, there is no shortage out there of coping strategies. If you Google coping strategies for students, you're going to get, it yields over 84 million hits. Guys, think about that for a moment. 84 million. There is no shortage of coping strategies. So why record this episode, right? Like what's, what's the point? Well, again, I, I said it at the beginning, I'll say it now. This might be an unpopular opinion, 
but I, it's on my heart right now to say it, that coping strategies are sometimes, sometimes, right, often about a quick fix to the behavior to return them to whatever they were doing versus teaching the student about the feelings that they are experiencing and, and ultimately the why behind it. And I know that's a lot. I know, right? I know that's a lot when we as educators, and I say that because I am one, right? I'm an assistant principal right now. I was a behavior specialist for years, so I get it. But I just, I, I, I think in my heart, if we can start to make this shift from a coping strategy being about a quick fix to get the student back to learning academics, and what if the coping strategy is about teaching the skill that the student doesn't yet have to understand the feeling that they're feeling which is what is leading to the behavior in the first place, I think we'd get farther. And I'm not saying it all falls on the teacher. I'm not saying this all falls on any one person. Again, this is just something that we can kind of think about, that we can wrap our heads around. Because in my own, like I said, in my own experience, teaching and as a behavior specialist, that was often the goal, was just that quick fix to the behavior, to return the student to baseline to continue with the curriculum. And now... Well, now I believe, I, I truly wholeheartedly believe that it's more about the teaching the student, the connection between the feeling and the behavior to help them understand how to respond to that same or similar trigger in the future. This is something I actively do when students come to my office. If I receive referrals, if they're sent to me, these are the conversations that I'm having with the students. I'm not having, here's your consequence, go back to class. I'm having, what were you feeling? What was happening before? Wh where did you feel it in your body? What was the way you responded? And where do you think that came from? And again, I work with junior high, so some of these questions can go a little bit more in depth, but I think these could be tailored to work with any student that you work with to get a better sense. So the student is coming up with an understanding of, man, why did I just do that? Like, what, what was I trying to get out of it? What was the purpose? Where did that come from? AKA, what was the solution? What was the problem that I was solving, right? So we, we, where we can kind of start is like, what is a coping strategy, right? What is that thing? So again, I went to Google, right? Where do we find out most information these days? We go to Google and there's lots of definitions, but I, I picked one that kind of stood out to me and it's the methods a person uses to deal with stressful situations. I don't disagree with that, right? Like that's, we cope with stress, right? We cope to return to a regulated state so that we can make decisions at a regulated state versus acting on, you know, this impulse of the different like hormones flowing through my body, right? I don't disagree with that. And so, so many lists comes up when you search this, right? And this is where I go back and forth. So there's things like, you know, on, on all these lists that were out there, things like exercise, reading, listening to music, right? Things like deep breathing, going to get a drink. Those are what are often listed. And are they helpful? Of course. Of course they are. But are they going to teach new levels of awareness? No. So then we go back to a question, right? Quality of our questions guide the conversation, the depths of our conversations. So then the question becomes, so what are coping strategies used for? Well, then they're used to reduce, esca to reduce escalation, to slow down the flow of those hormones or that emotion rushing through your body. And here's the key, to prepare you to understand where the feeling is coming from in the first place, right? Doesn't that make, make so much more sense? It's not just about taking a deep breath so I can get back to my learning. 
No, it's taking a deep breath so I can slow down, right? Emotions are energy in motion. So I want to slow down that energy that's flying through my body right now so that I can understand where that feeling is coming from in the first place. I'm hoping this is making sense. If we don't teach students why they do what they do, we're going to get that same reaction, right? That same response is going to continue until we do, until we teach them the why behind it. So scoping strategies are often surface level. And as we know with the iceberg analogy, we've got to go beneath the surface. And so, and we can do this same work, right? It's, it's the same for us as adults. If I'm triggered, right, something triggers me, I might use a a strategy in the moment to reduce the the flood of emotion that's flying through me. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to squeeze my hands. I might listen to some calming music, but it can't stop there. That's going to return me back to baseline so I can then do what I call the inner work, right, my inner work to figure out Why was I triggered in the first place? Because if I don't know that, if I don't know what's triggering me, I'm going to keep getting triggered. But if I know why it's triggering me and I can teach myself to respond in a different way when I'm triggered, then I'm going to have a different outcome. I'm going to be able to slow my emotions down and make a more clear um, decision when that happens. And I do believe over time we can do this with our students. But hear, hear me out right now. If you're a teacher listening to this, I am not saying this all falls on you. If you're an admin listening, this does not fall all fall on you. If you're a mental health provider, this does not fall all fall on you. This falls on us as a collective, as a community. And that's why I want to start this episode. I'm actually going to keep it pretty short because we're going to head into part two next week where I'm going to talk more about some of the actions we can then take to help students really become strong reflectors or really start to embody some of this inner work. Because I think if we look at it as one more thing to do, well, I think everybody's going to leave the field. (laughs) That's kind of where we're at, right? I don't want you to look at it as one more thing to do. I want us to look at, it's a puzzle piece. It's a puzzle piece to bringing this community together to best support our students at helping them create the best versions of themselves. Is that, is that not why we're here? Like, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm in education. It's about the academics, yes, but it's not all about the academics. It's about the whole child, right? The whole child, academic, social, emotional, physical, leisure, relationships, all the things, right? And if I can teach a student how to better understand what is setting off their emotions, what is triggering them, and then Yes, how to reduce that flow, but also then to teach them to unpack what's happening. That's where it's at for me. And so I go back, you know, to what we talked about in the beginning, that coping strategies aren't the answer. They're not the thing that we do. They are part of the process at teaching students how to understand what is happening. Because the breakdown, as I mentioned, is not a negative thing. Instead, the mindset I want you to hold is that the breakdown is often the tipping point for the breakthrough. So what was my goal for this episode? What do I hope you gained? Is I hope that you just know that behaviors are not things to be fixed. They're to be understood. That there is meaning behind that. We know that part. They are 
They are a solution to a problem that the person is having. But if we place all the emphasis on finding the quote unquote right strategy, we're kind of headed in the wrong direction. So instead, I want us to think about strategies as a way to stop the flow or to reduce the flow of these intense emotions to bring students back to their baseline, back to a regulated state so we can then guide the teaching of the skill set. You know, the academics will come, but we've got to teach them that skill set piece so they know why did my body just respond in that way. Once we get there, once we get, you know, in a, in a, in a habit of doing this inner work, and again, next week, I'm going to share some really just simple ways that you can teach kids so they start doing this on their own. And yes, younger kids can too. I've taught my eight-year-old. So, so I do know kids, you know, older kids and younger kids can learn this. And again, it's something that strengthens every year as they get older. This is not something to, you know, do in one 30-minute one lesson. This is just a process. We get to practice every single day. So I hope that all makes sense. I feel good. I'm, a, I'm not as nervous. <laughs> um, but I, I do hope that, you know, we understand that coping strategies go beyond the basics that we do. We get to help students with that inner work of understanding where the behavior is coming from. And that is what we are going to dive into next week. So I hope you return. I hope you come back next week where I can share, again, some of those simple strategies that I use um, with students to help them kind of understand, get a clearer grasp as to where the behaviors are coming from. And, but we are not going to end this episode without a defining moment. And my defining moment is really, um, it's really a reflective one for you this week. After listening to this, I just want you to take a moment, you know, do some breath, you know, take, take some of those breaths that we just talked about and just what, what do you feel about this episode? Like, do you agree? Do you disagree? It's totally okay if you disagree, right? That's part of the beauty of this is we get to have our own opinions. Did part of it resonate and part of it didn't? Like, I just want you to get a sense of, where are you at? And then if you feel so inclined, I would love for you to reach out to me, like DM me, send me an email, um, lindsay.titus at gmail.com, pretty easy. And just let me know, like, let me know what resonated. Let me know what's on your heart. Let me know if you would love to dive into a conversation about this um, a little bit further, because I would love to, like, that's part of, again, part of me putting this out, out there before I really have like a firm grasp on it is I'm, I want to see what I, what I believe, what I know, what I'm still learning about. And it's hopefully was another example to you that it's okay to start messy. It's okay to not fully, you know, be a hundred percent confident in what you're, you know, doing, but have a hundred percent confidence in yourself. Um, and I, and I hope that came through in today's episode. So with that, you've got your defining moment, you've got your task. I hope you have an amazing week ahead. I hope you keep on loving who you are, trusting who you are, owning who you are, because you know those are going to help you define who you are each and every day as we head into this week. You guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for part two coming next week. And until then, have an amazing week. Keep on being you, and we'll talk soon. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.